If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Welcome in. It's an emergency edition of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam. We were up late last night talking Chiefs, talking about their loss. Thought we might get a little break today. Nope. Brett Veach (laughs) is signing Journeyman wide receiver Josh Gordon, who to, and a hat tip to Matt Connor, our our co-host on this show and, and the editor of Arrowhead Addict, who who wrote that the Chiefs should should kick the tires on Gordon a, a couple weeks ago. Well, he was right. Uh, Matt Verderam, what's your initial reaction to this signing? No downside, none. Um, I don't see it. Like I don't want to oversell this here. I don't see it as some people are going to, and some national media pundits, I'm sure, are going to pump it up. Like, oh my God, they just signed Jerry Rice's prom. Josh Gordon is 30 years old, so he's not ancient, but he's, you know, I mean, he, he's not 25 either, okay? He last played in the league in 2019, did not play at all last season. In, in 2019, he played in 11 games, um, seven starts. He had 426 yards and a touchdown. Now, the year prior to that, 2018, he had 737 yards and four touchdowns, which, and that was in 12 games. Like if Kansas City got that Josh Gordon, that's fantastic. That w- he would immediately be the second best receiver on the team. So I like it. I don't see any downside. Uh, I know the contract details haven't come out yet. I have not had a chance to check in with sources, but I'm sure this is a one-year vet minimum deal. Um, probably some incentives. Why not? Why not? Doesn't work. Who cares? It does work. Phenomenal. He is a very, very talented athlete. Uh, obviously, you know everybody saw what he did in Cleveland back in 2013. That that's an age ago, <laughs> coming up on a decade. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. But I, but you know, do you remember who the quarterback? And I know you will because you're Matt Verdery. Do you remember who the quarterback was for the Cleveland Browns that year for most of the season? Man, that's a good one. Uh that year they <laughs> so many. Um, it wasn't Manziel. Was it? Was it? Um... He came a little later. Was it? Was it Brandon Whedon? I, I Whedon might have played that season, but if, I, if my memory serves, they got a lot of run out of Brian Hoyer that year. Oh God! Oh yeah, yeah. Right? There, there was a year where that did happen. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I'm pulling it up right now because now I'm, I'm I th- very. I curious. think that was I think that was the year. Maybe it I'm was 2012. Correct. The year he went off. 2013. He went off 2013. Yeah, 1600 yards so receiving. That year, the Browns went four and twelve. Yeah. And uh, let's see here, the um, who was the quarterback for them? I feel like this actually. It, oh, it was Brandon Whedon. It was Whedon. But yeah, because the, the, I got on Pro Football Reference, Jason Campbell. Oh, is it was probably a lot of guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, like it um, was. It was probably. It was probably more, but I think the point remains. Like they did not have Patrick Mahomes throwing him the football. Right. Um, I think we can we can safely say that. And so, listen, he has played with very good quarterbacks in spurts. He played, of course, with, with Tom Brady in New England, uh, where he spent 2018 and part of 2019. When when he left New England and went to Seattle, he played with Russell Wilson. So he has played with some very very good quarterbacks. But of course, when he when he was dominant in Cleveland, and by the way, yes, that year in Cleveland. Jason Campbell, eight starts. Brandon Whedon, five starts. Brian Hoyer, three starts. Three starts. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yikes. Good God almighty. I mean, yeah. and, and he still, that's that's the most probably the amazing thing. Could you imagine if he had modern-day Mahomes during that season and this Chiefs roster? He might he no, might have I went mean, for <laughs> 4,000 yards. It's, look, again, to me, this is a really simple thing. The Chiefs are watching what we're watching. And they're saying Demarcus Robinson is running backwards. And McCall Hardman's been okay, but he hasn't taken any step. Like, I don't know that you look at McCall Hardman and go, wow, he's playing better. He's been about the same, which isn't a bad player, but he's just kind of a guy. And so, look, one thing we've seen, and, and Cleveland inexplicably did not do this and gave up almost sort of yards to him. The last couple of weeks, teams are just doing whatever they can to take hell out of the game everything they possibly can. They're allowing Kelsey to go off underneath. And they're, they're saying, look, you're not going to be us with anybody else. I preface this by saying it is a massive, all capitals, massive if. If Josh Gordon is right, being the days of just being able to double-team Tyreek Hill and not worry about anything else going down the field are over. Because Josh Gordon will destroy your second or third corner one-on-one. And he's also six three two twenty five, and in the red zone will kill you. So that is to me. They do not have a big receiver now. They do. They did not have anybody. Look, no, no defensive coordinators worried about Hardman or Robinson beating them consistently on man coverage. They're not. If Gordon's right, and again, it is a huge if. He will kill whoever's on the other side of him if they're not rolling a safety. If they're not helping out. And that's what the Chiefs are banking on. Yeah, and in the very short stint that he had with the Seahawks and his 11 targets and seven receptions, he was averaging 19.9 yards per carry in 2019 or per per catch in 2019. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, so you know, and he had a long of of, of 58 yards, and 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 when he's played, he had a long of 58 yards for the Seahawks, a long of 44 for the Patriots, 55 for the Patriots. And then, you know, going back to his Cleveland days, he had a 95-yard. But So this guy can stretch the field. And look, he's a year younger than Travis Kelsey. I mean, it's not like – I know people see 30 these days and they think, oh, you know, he's washed up. But, yeah, maybe is he maybe lost a step? Probably. Um, but he also hasn't had a lot of wear and tear because he hasn't been on the field. So, no. you know, from an athletic standpoint, if the athleticism is there, 
We know he can run routes. We know he can play football. If if the if the athleticism is still there, he's a threat. He's just he's going to be a threat for the Chiefs. And yeah, you know, I agree with you. It is a complete win-win for the Chiefs. If it doesn't work out, it's no big deal. You're not paying him anything, and you you're still you still have the guys that you have. So I want to take the fan point of view for a minute and ask you some some, some questions. The things that I'm hearing, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pretend I'm a random Twitter guy, and then you can you can field these. So my first question is, uh, does he play defense? No, he doesn't. Um, which is a val- which is a valid question from Twitter guy, right? I've even seen some analysts who are well known come out and say that. No, but because he doesn't play defense, they shouldn't try to get better on offense, right? I mean, I, that's stupid, right? Like, it doesn't make him worse on defense. I'll tell you that much. Um, and you know what? I'll give you a scenario. If that ball that goes off Marcus Kemp's hands yesterday, if that's Josh Gordon, do they win yesterday? Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, like, and I'm not trying, I'm not killing Marcus Kemp, right? But he's probably out over his skis being more than a special teams player. I I don't know for a fact, Josh Gordon probably catches that ball and trucks the safety at the three-yard line and just walks in the end zone. He probably does. I think, if again, man, I think for the Chiefs, A, it's a no-brainer because there's no downside. And B, like, if it works, and I'm not even, like, I'm not talking about when he was in Cleveland going for 1,800 yards. That's not happening. But if it works to the extent that he gives them what Sammy Watkins gave them, that's great. Yeah, that's great. You'll sign for that all day long, especially if he doesn't get hurt, as Watkins, of course, tended to do, unfortunately. But if if he's Sammy Watkins, if he's the, and which by the way, he's built a lot like Sammy Watkins, right? Bigger guy, more of a, more of a wide body target. Like if you're Mahomes and you see him running one on one with a five foot ten corner, you're just throwing it. So yeah. I, I think. He gives you that. But no, he does not play defense. And no, I don't care. He, if he's better than Demarcus Robinson, it's a good move. Here's another sort of underrated thing that probably a lot of people won't talk about or point out. In 2013 with the Browns, he had five rushing attempts for 88 yards. This is a guy that is athletic enough that if you if you have a, a coach who's willing to put the ball in his hands... You can supplement the running game. It's going to be a play here or there. But, you know, we saw it yesterday with McCole Hardman that Andy likes to use these guys. It mixes things up. It makes it makes things better for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It freezes up linebackers a little bit. Josh Gordon's another guy that you can put in motion, and, and teams are going to be like, ah, oh, crap, are they going to hand him the ball? Like, you know, so underrated, uh, not, not – it's not even really a rated part of his game, but it's something he's done in the past, and Andy would certainly make use of something like that. All right, going back to Twitter guy here. Yep. Uh, what do you say to Twitter guy who says, and, and we had a very similar emergency podcast last year, this is Le'Veon Bell 2.0? I understand the point. Um, Big-name guy coming in, not quite midseason as Bell did. But I, I would argue that, Bell had been on the downside for a couple of years. And I and I can honestly say, if you can find it, go back and listen. Well, I mean, I don't know if you should have listened. It might be a little bit of a waste of time. But when we did an emergency podcast about that last year, I remember saying, like, look, it's fine, but don't go nuts. He, you know, he's not coming in to take a starting job. He's not coming in to play a huge role. He's kind of insurance. You know, he'll caddy for Edwards Alaire, which I think was Pretty much what he did. Now, I, I would say he he probably performed even less than I thought he would. But 
you know, I don't think there was an expectation. He's, oh, he's going to come in and change things. If Gordon's right, like he's starting on this team. Like that's, that's happening. They're not, they're not sitting him behind Demarcus Robinson and Cole Hartman. Okay. So that, that I think is the difference. Now, could be a situation where, hey, man, he comes in, he's on the practice squad for a couple of weeks, picking up the offense, which is, is what's going to happen. He's going to be on the practice squad. He's like the highly daddy plays in Philly. Maybe he plays against Buffalo. If he does, I wouldn't expect it's a ton of snaps. But look, if you're the Chiefs, you're not making this move for tomorrow. You're making this move because you're hoping that as the season goes on, second half of the year, he becomes a guy who can dominate. Now, that may not happen. Which we don't have to go all through, but everybody who's listening to this knows he's got a well-documented history with having problems off the field. Okay, a lot of you know a lot of times earlier in his career it was for it was for substance abuse with marijuana. Um, there was a problem at one point a couple of years ago where he stepped away voluntarily for mental health. Which, you know, good for him. Um, but he's had hard, the, the point I'm driving at is he's had a hard time staying on the field for one reason or another. He really has not been injury prone. He's just had off-field things that have that have curtailed his career. But I don't see it as a Le'Veon Bell thing because Bell came in with a ceiling on what he was going to do no matter what. That's not true of Gordon. Like if Gordon comes in, he looks spectacular. He's playing. He's playing a lot. Yeah, and and he has when he's played with the Patriots and when he, even though the, the short stint with Seattle, he looks like a, st- a starting caliber NFL receiver. And we haven't gotten really enough of a sample size to other than the the 2018 Patriots. Like, as you pointed out, that would be fantastic. He comes in, gives the Chiefs, you know, 11 games and racks up 720 yards receiving and three touchdowns. That is a difference maker. And sometimes, and we, we talk about it on this podcast a lot, what a guy does when he doesn't have the ball is still sometimes really important and really important to this Chiefs offense. And we've talked about how the Chiefs offense just worked better when Sammy Watkins was in the lineup, even if he wasn't racking up a lot of big catches because teams had to account for him. They were nervous about what Sammy Watkins could do, and that made things a little bit easier on everybody else. And Josh Gordon's that guy. If he's right, that he's going to put pressure. It's, it's one more thing for them to have to worry about. And with all due respect to to friend of the show, Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, Right now, those guys just aren't in a position where teams are like, oh, man, what are we going to do about Demarcus Robinson? They're just not. Other than, hey, maybe don't tackle him right away. He'll run backwards for six or seven yards. I'll just look. I try to be respectful of all the players, you know, because I think it's it's the right thing to do. And these guys are working hard. It's their job. And I wouldn't want somebody coming in and crapping all over me because I don't like an article I wrote. But I'm going to be blunt. If Josh Gordon comes in and he's even 75%, of like what he's been in the past, he's a massive upgrade over anybody in that receiving core, not named Tyreek Hill, period. McCall Hardman has not been a bad player. He's never been an above average receiver. He hasn't been. And and to three games has not shown that he's ever going to be one. The Marcus Robinson is in his sixth NFL season. He was a fourth round pick. He has had a nice career. Like all things considered, the Marcus Robinson for a fourth round pick, you got a lot out of him. That's a great point, yeah. And and he's had games in his career. The one that I'll never forget was the one in Oakland, the year they won the Super Bowl. He went out of his mind in the second quarter. But he's not a number two receiver. I think he's a three. And by the way, I think Hardman's a three. They need a number two receiver. Can Gordon be that? I don't know. I don't. I have no idea. Right? There's a lot to prove. But I do know that the, he has a talent 
to absolutely be that, which is something that they desperately need. So as a as an analyst here, you know, you talked about like the, the expectation he'll be signed to the practice squad. He's got to get up to speed on the playbook. Andy Reid's got a very complicated playbook, but it's receiver, right? You run routes, you know, there's, there's some packages they could put them in pretty easily and be like, yeah, run straight, uh, you know, run, run to the post, those types of things. How quickly do you think he could get on the field? I think it's possible he's on the field against Buffalo. I don't, I don't think it's likely because like, you got to get in there. You got to, you know, you got to go through the whole process. I don't even know, you know, the COVID stuff, like, has he been, is he vaccinated? Has he been tested? All that stuff. Like, there, there's protocols you go through with the NFL. So th- that's also unclear. I'll try to do work on that and find that out here after we go off the pod. Um, I think though, could he play week five? It's possible. I, I would look more at like, you know, week six, probably a couple games. Now, now hell, they, they go in, they, they lay another egg in Philly, then things all things might go out the window. They might be putting anybody out there. But I think probably like maybe week five, but probably week six. Um, they play Washington, and I think you definitely want them out there week seven. You play Tennessee. I, I, I think the biggest thing about this signing, I do believe it helps him in the red zone because it, he's just he's a big body target. Like, you can just throw the ball up to him in a way that you can't do with Tyreek Hill. You can't do with McCall Hartman. But I, the biggest thing by a mile is, to me, this is the Chiefs throwing up a couple middle fingers at this idea that you're just going to double hill and you're not going to be paying the price anywhere else on the field save for maybe Kelsey, which you're willing to live with because as great as Kelsey is, he's probably not going to have a 70-yard touchdown catch, okay? Like, Gordon, if, if you're a defensive coordinator, and you said this earlier and you're right, you have no fear of lining up one-on-one at Demarcus Robinson. You just don't. You have no fear of it. He might be occasionally, but you'll live with that, that risk. If Gordon's right, like you're terrified of him one-on-one. He can run by you. He can run over you. Uh, he runs a, a, a very diverse route tree. Like He's every bit the threat is, uh, you know, to catch a 12-yard slant and run over the safety and go 40 yards as he is to just beat your corner off the line of scrimmage and go for a 60-yard touchdown. Now, that said, there's a reason that he was available for such a cheap price. He did not play last season. In 2019, he did very little. He had 426 yards and seven starts, 11 games. Now, but that that said, if you look at that a little closer, okay, he in that year in 2019, he had 27 receptions on 47 targets, 15.8 yards per reception. Okay. Over 11 games, but only seven that he started. Like, if you were to double that, like, let's just say what I'll say he goes to Kansas City, let's say he plays 12 games and he gets, I don't know, six targets a game. So, I mean, I quite double it. I mean, you could get to 700 yards pretty easily, right? Like, if he does that, like, if he comes into Kansas City and he goes for 650s to 750 yards, I'm sorry, is anyone else doing that outside Hill or Kelsey? You know, and to me with the Chiefs, it's all about the playoffs. It is. We got another one and two, and that seems for both to even go there right now. But let's be real. Unless they get hurt, they're going to the playoffs. You want a guy in the playoffs. Remember Sammy Watkins, who they won the Super Bowl? He killed everybody in the playoffs because teams are so busy doubling Hill and Kelsey. He just destroyed whoever he was against. That's what they want Gordon to be. 
And per Adam Schefter, Josh Gordon had multiple teams reach out to him about signing, but the Chiefs were attractive because he sees it as a long-term stop. Just an interesting thing interesting. that popped up on Twitter. Um, long-term, Josh Gordon. I mean, look, if you're Josh Gordon, right, you don't want to be – obviously, the guy wants to play football. He's had some 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 issues and some struggles – but yeah, you don't want to be veteran minimum guy. You want to be you want to go to a place where you can flourish with a good quarterback as a receiver and hopefully make up for some lost time in your career and play for 3 or 4 more years at a high level. And uh that's really interesting that he is looking at the Chiefs in that way. I don't know if the Chiefs are looking at him in that way, but if he goes out there and he balls this season, he'll get another contract. I wouldn't oh, yeah. be surprised because he'd still come at a discount. It's not like it's not like they're going to have to open up the wallet for him as the number three option on this team. Um, no, yeah, no, absolutely. Look, if you're, let's be real, okay? Like, I'm not even going to carry an ounce of water on this one. Let's just keep it real. He signed with Kansas City because of who the effing quarterback is. Like, come on now, Let's stop yeah. it. Like this idea that like he signed there because he loves barbecue or something. No, no, no. <laughs> he he signed there. Because look who the quarterback is. And also, right. like, look who's around him. He's going to be the guy who gets the third most attention. Even if, like, let's, let's say it's a perfect dream scenario. He comes back and he's just kicking ass week in and week out, right? He comes out and he just looks great by, like, the midseason point. What are you going to do? Double him and then just hope to God that Tyreek Hill doesn't torture against your third corner? Like, you're not going to do that. Right. So – if you're him, you're thinking, well, crap, no matter what I do, I'm going to go against their second corner or their third defensive option. And, and if I can't beat that guy, I should just hang it up. Right? So yeah. it's a smart move. Like, if you, like, let's, and, and I have no idea if this team is involved. And she's using him as an example. Like, if the Steelers were to have called him up and go, hey, you want to come here? I mean, Roethlisberger is basically punting the ball every time he throws it. Right. <laughs> right. Like, you don't want to go there. That's yeah. terrible long term. So, Kansas City makes all the sense in the world for both sides. For him, it's a new lease on life. You go there and you have Andy Reid, who's a player's coach, and let's just call it what it is. Andy has been a guy who's been willing to take on reclamation projects for a variety of different reasons. You know, I took on Michael Vick and Philly. Now, Vick is a, is a lot different than Gordon, okay? The off-field issues were a lot different. I'm not conflating to him. I'm just saying Andy's a guy who gives second chances. Andy's also someone in his personal life who's unfortunately dealt with a lot of tragedy, but someone who's, who's seen mental health issues firsthand. Like, I don't, he may not be as intimidated by that stuff, and he may understand it better, you know, than, than some other yeah. coaches would. So for him, I don't think there's as much fear and trepidation, maybe is the better word, as there would be in other places. And if you're Josh Gordon, maybe you feel like, you know what, that's a good spot for me. I got a right. guy who'd be in my corner a little bit. Yeah. So, I, I, there's nothing to dislike about the move. Like, what's the worst case? He's just not good, or or he, right. or he can't stay in the league, or whatever. like. All right, so you're back to where you were. Like, it's not like it's, it's not like it's some like long term cap ramification. It's fine. Yeah, best case scenario or worst case scenario, it's a Le'Veon Bell situation where you have a, a depth receiver who doesn't contribute very much, and then the best case scenario is you end up like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year when they signed Antonio Brown. And you right. have a contributor. Who, perfect example. Perfect and, example. Yep. And, and, and they're a great example of when you watch them now, you're like, man, you can never have enough weapons on offense. Right. They're rolling out there with Godwin, with Mike Evans, with past his prime Gronk, but who's still effective. 
He looks terrific this year, especially. And then they've got, oh yeah, and they've got Antonio Brown. I mean, you you don't want to say people would like, it's been the narrative around the Chiefs like they have the best off, like offensive weapons in football, and that's because they've got two Hall of Famers and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But there's a precipitous drop off after that, as we've seen with you know Clyde Clyde not living up to expectations so far, and the rest of those boys. So uh, this is I, I agree with you. It's a smart smart move, and hopefully uh, it works out for everybody. And it's just it's the right kind of swing to take if you're the Chiefs. I'll also say this, and I don't know how much more I have to add here because you just kind of see how it shakes, and, and I'll try to do some reporting on the back of this. But, like, I wonder if they're done. I really do. Like, I wonder if this is going to preclude them from just going, I don't know, like Brandon Cooks, third-round pick. Right. I mean, I don't think it should. That's why I bring it up. I don't think it should preclude them. They Look, Brett Beach has always been aggressive, and they have not been afraid to try, you know, they had a deal in place for Earl Thomas when he broke his leg that one year in Seattle, right? Like they, you know, they tried to sign Trent Williams, they desperately tried to sign in this offseason. Now it worked out. They got Orlando Brown's been very good for him, but like, but Orlando Brown's another example. Nobody, nobody, you and I included, thought that they would ever be able to trade for Orlando Brown. They did it. Like Brett Veach is a big game hunter, and they know that they have a window to win a Super Bowl. Like I, I would not be shocked at all if Kansas City tries to swing a trade for another receiver or hell. I, and I think more importantly, maybe tries to get a pass rusher, right? Like if you're the chiefs and I'll, I'll throw out a name, like and I, I threw it out, I believe on Sunday as well, like Whitney Merciless to the Texans. He's a little pass prime. He's still a good player. He's vet. Like I can see them doing that. I can see them trying to make a move for one of these guys. It has a year left on the contract and why not? Right? Like I think if you're, if you're the chiefs, you're trying to improve however you can. And you got about a month until the deadline, late October. Usually, the, like for most of my life, the NFL deadline, nobody did anything. Now, you see trades all the time in the NFL. So right. I'm curious to see how the Chiefs approach it. I really am. And I wanted to ask you, should Gordon get promoted to the active roster? Whose spot is he taking? Well, probably Kemp. Probably can't because he got cut. If you remember, right at the end of the, the, the camp, and then they re-signed yeah. him. You're not going to. Uh, to me, it's got to be a receiver. And Pringle's a core special teams guy, and he's gotten more run as a regular receiver as well. You're not cutting Robinson or Harden, so I think it's I think it's probably Kemp. But look, you know, it's a long way to go here. We got to see what happens. Like Gordon's got to get off the practice squad. He's got to have his you know his, his ducks in a row, so to speak. But he's a talented guy, and if you're the Chiefs, why not? Like I don't look. I don't, if he, and if he doesn't work out, by the way, I don't think it's like an oh my god, like what are they going to do now scenario. Like their offense is averaging thirty some odds a game. Like, they're okay, but he changes the way you can defend them if he's right, because you can't just double and go, oh well, we're good now. We doubled Hill. All right, Kelsey. Hopefully we can continue. If he's right, and you're the Chiefs. You're going to just say, all right, fine. We're going to isolate him backside. If you want to play one-on-one with your third corner, you go nuts. That's that's fine. We will throw it in the entire game. And so, you know, look, that, that that's, the, that's the ultimate upside. Does it get to that point? I don't know. My guess is how it's going to play out. He'll be okay. He'll be okay. He'll help him here and there. But 
could it be more than that? Could it be less than that? Yes, on both counts. And that that's kind of the gamble they're taking. But I don't think it's a I think it's a gamble that it's it's free money, really. And and I'm with you here. I think I don't think they're done. I think Brett Veach is gonna be really aggressive. We you know, we don't want the Chiefs to overreact, obviously, but they're one and two. They're in the last place in, in the AFC West. And you know that Brett Veach is not satisfied, and he can't be satisfied particularly after watching the defense this year. And it's an arms race. Right. And it's an arms race. And if you're Brett Veach and if your goal is win as many Super Bowls while I've got Patrick Mahomes in his prime and while I've got – forget Patrick Mahomes, while I've got Travis Kelsey in his prime. I mean, like we just talked about it. He's 31. Let's make sure that we take advantage of that. And if you're looking around the league and you're like, okay, who do we got to beat? Who am I the most worried about right now? After his performance on Sunday, I'm worried about Josh Allen and the Bills because it looks like he's getting right in the AFC. I'm yep. worried about – I, I got to worry about Lamar Jackson. I just have to because they're so unorthodox. And then I'm, wor- I'm and then I'm looking at the NFC as pot- potential Super Bowl opponents, and I'm like, boy, there's a good chance I'm running into either Aaron Rodgers, I'm running into that explosive Rams team, or I'm running into that explosive Tampa Bay team. And I need something on, like, I don't care if Patrick Mahomes throws a touchdown on every single possession, he still might lose playing Tampa Bay with the way that the Chiefs defense has been playing. So they got to figure something out. And, uh, you know, I I expect Veach to push all his chips into the center of the table. It's going to be kind of a wild October, Vertoram. I'm excited. It is. You know what? I I really, after we got off the the show, I finished my column, I, I, I was up till about two in the morning, just getting stuff done. And I was thinking about like, I know this is an odd thing to say. I actually feel better about them after the game yesterday than I did going into the game. Like there was a lot of good stuff. They actually did defensively in that game. That gets lost because they, you know, they got beat, but they actually played like fairly well for decent chunks of that game on defense. And then they just look, I mean, now, now the bottom line is the bottom line. They gave 30 points, but they, like against Baltimore and Cleveland, they felt helpless defensively. They didn't feel helpless against the Chargers. And that's a good offense. Like they didn't yep. feel that way. So, and I'm not worried about the offense. Like the offense would have scored 40 points if they could have just kept the ball in their hands. I, I'm not, and, and that's not something they have a big issue with, never have. So I'm not worried about it. It's a bad loss. They're one and two, and I get it. People in Kansas City aren't used to being one and two. Well, let me tell you something. I, I know you feel this way. God knows I do. Uh, I remember the days when one and two was great, okay? Because it was not 0 and 3. Like, there were times where you'd look at them and just go, they're just no good. They can't play. You know, like when Mark Bradley was their number one receiver. All right. Yeah. This team is not that. This team is not like this team, they didn't forget how to play football overnight. Now, that defense has got a ways to go. It's got to be much better in the pass, it's got to be much better in the red zone. Those are the two points of emphasis. I really feel like they've got to focus on and focus on hard. Okay, over the next few few weeks. But I truly feel like they're going to beat Philadelphia. I think they'll play well in the game. They'll play focused. And then that Buffalo game, that's an interesting game, right? Like, that's a Sunday night game at Arrowhead. But, you know, I thought about it. I had a lot of people tweeting me out, you know, they're, they're, they're done, they're this. I mean, just a lot of emotional reactions. Yeah. But, but, like, I asked a lot of people, if you had to bet your mortgage right now on who's going to represent the AC in the Super Bowl, who are you taking? I them. Like, I know they're one and two, but it's a razor's edge. 
Like Baltimore's one and two if Justin Tucker doesn't hit a 66-yard field goal and get yeah. the benefit of an incredible no delay of game call, right? Like Cleveland struggled to put away Houston at home before Tyrod Taylor got hurt. Denver has beaten three high school teams. The Raiders have won two games in overtime. Like, no, by the way, that's to take away nothing from any of these teams, except maybe Denver. It is to somewhat take away from Denver. But you're dancing on a razor's edge. And I think if the Chiefs clean up a little bit of the pass rush issue and a little bit of the red zone issue, they roll. Like, they roll. I still think they're going to win, like, 13 games this year. I really do. Like, I'm not – maybe I should be more concerned that I'm a blind idiot, but I really just – I'm not. Like, I, I think they're going to be fine. I think they've just played some bad football that they don't typically play. Go back and look at the first three or four weeks of any NFL season at the standings. And then look at the, the final standings. And you're going to see all kinds of wacky shit. It happens every year, every single year. And it's and it's it's memorable to us, I think, because it's such a small sample size. Like, we remember, as, as Chiefs fans, like we remember Josh McDaniels coming to, to Denver and going 4-0 and and beating the Patriots. Like, why, why do I remember that? I don't pay that much attention to what the Broncos are doing you know, unless it's directly affecting the Chiefs. But I remember that because it was so strange. And then I remember what happened. And I think we'll probably look back at this season and or even the, our own team that went 1-5 to start a season when they had no business going 1-5 and, and then rattled off like 12 straight wins. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes you got to figure some things out. It's a small sample size. Let's wait and see how it plays out. And it Looks like we're going to get to see uh, it play out with with Josh Gordon in the receiving core. So that's going to be interesting. All right. Thanks for hopping on our emergency podcast. Uh, Let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at our Patrick Allen. He's at at Matt Verderam. Sterling and Matt Connor will be back tomorrow with their regular episode. I'm sure they'll have a lot more to talk about now uh, that Josh Gordon is going to be on the team. And then we will see you on Thursday for our game preview. And then, of course, we'll be there on Sunday night after the Eagles game for our live post-game show on the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel, which you need to subscribe to at youtube.com slash arrowheadaddictpodcast. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you more than you know. We'll see you next time. But until then, go Chiefs. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, 
everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.